Hey cousins, welcome to Brown Liquor and Bad Ideas. Welcome cousins to this episode of Brown Liquor and Bad Ideas. I'm your host Cornell Wright, the People's Lobbyist, and today we're going to talk about what I'm framing as the soul of a nation, that meaning the United States of America. Welcome. Brown Liquor and Bad Ideas is intended for the participation of responsible adults of legal drinking age who wish to engage in substantive virtual discussions and social drinking for entertainment purposes only. Brown Liquor and Bad Ideas does not advocate the abuse of alcoholic beverages. Choosing to participate in any of the drinking activities shared in the program should be made with moderation and caution and is the sole responsibility of the user. So cousins, history matters. And what has happened as a result of your personal history, as you think about the events that led to you being the person that you are, influencing the personality that you have, the way you view the world, it also has the same impact on nations because we have long-standing conversations, communications, stories that are being told, the legends that become the soul of a nation. So I'd like to go very quickly through some of the things that I feel were important in regards to the major centuries leading to the development of our country. And I'd like to ask you to add your comments at the bottom of the page here so we can start to share these things and come to conclusions. By no means, cousins, is this a comprehensive list or by no means is it a combination of saying the most influential things at the time. Just some things to get a starter set, if you will, while we're having a quick one together. Can you join me, cousins? Okay, here we go. We all know the founding of the country, specifically, was in 1776, with a history going back to the 1600s when first settlers came to the United States, both Spanish and English settlers. But so, cousins, if you look at it, I would propose to you that actually as a start of a forming of our nation into our own consciousness, it started in the 1800s or the 19th century. So in the 1800s, cousins, which I consider 1800 to 1899, or the 19th century, I would consider that that was becoming a nation. We were starting to grow. We were starting to have exercise our international capabilities, international trade and those type of things throughout that period of time. So you think about some of the things that might have happened during that period of time, the 1800s, that have an impact on our mental orientation, on the history, on our legends, those type of things. You with me cousins? So with that, let me suggest that we were becoming that nation in the 1800s. There was the Western ex expansion, which was significant. Part and parcel as a result of the Louisiana Purchase, part and parcel as a result of the Spanish War with Mexico, part and parcel of bringing Texas into the nation, all those kind of things, the settling of California, you know what I'm talking about. So the other aspects of that time frame that were pretty significant, I would submit, it was of course the Civil War almost right dab in the middle of the, of the century, which almost broke the nation apart. As a result of the Civil War, there was the Confederate ideology that sprung up, and I would contend is still here today in many regards. There was a whole concept of manifest destiny, or if you will, the white man's burden, as a result of the war we had with Spain in which we acquired the, the Philippines. Check a look at that. There was also the rise of capitalism in the sense of the larger corporations coming in through consolidations with steel and banking and oil and those type of things that now still have legacy today. 
There was a Transcontinental Railroad, cousins, that started in the, six, in the 16, 1620s, 1860s, excuse me, and continued on. There was also the California Gold Rush, which brought many cousins from, from China to come work in the gold mines, gold fields, rather. But then guess what? When they started to play out, they were significant portions, almost all the workforce of the Transcontinental Railroad going from west to east. And then also, because we can't overlook, the legend of the cowboy started to come into play. And for those of you that are of the uh, indigenous heritage, we also understand that the 1800s was a significant time for the bad history we have associated with how we've handled our indigenous people's uh, cousins. So you kind of look at that, those were some of the things I would suppose started to help frame our mentality, our culture, and our personality, if you will, as a nation. You with me, cousins? Like I said, add to your comments or ideas for those things that are also important. That's certainly not an exhaustive list. Give me a break. Cousins, in the 1900s, 1900 to 1999, thank you, Prince, for 1999, there were a number of activities that occurred that also had significant impact on our country and our legends, our lores, and our perspectives. One of those ones was women getting a chance to vote. Them getting the chance to vote in the 1900s, recognizing the country was founded in the 1600s, ah, that's a period of time, right, cousins? Also, you start looking at some of the things that occurred. There were World War I and World War II. There was the Korean War, there was the Vietnam War, there was the Grenada, there were the wars in the Middle East that the United States participated in, the Gulf Wars. A lot of wars, cousins. By the way, we're the only nation still to drop not one but two atomic bombs at the end of World War II to bring it to a conclusion. Frightful conclusion, but conclusion nonetheless. We started looking at what else happened. There was the Civil Rights Movement. By the way, there was Jim Crow laws and segregation for half of that century, in which black cousins and those cousins of other minorities had minimal civil rights within the country. Half of the century, cousins. So now we start thinking about that, think about the impact of oil throughout the entire century. We had a lot of oil, and then toward the end of the century, the, with the OPEC and those kind of developments, oil became a different type of a commodity, right, cousins? Yeah. Some of you remember at points in time, there were actually oil gas lines. There was a shortage of oil for different things. There's a lot of different moves, both economically and politically, but in fact, those are some that started to come into place. Space became an opportunity. Remember, the United States went to the moon first? Okay, wasn't that a wonderful feeling? Doesn't, for those of us who were here and still looking at that, and for those who read about it, doesn't give you a sense of, mm. <laughs> okay? I wanted to be an astronaut because of that as a little kid, and I don't know why it's lost its luster, but hasn't it? So you started thinking about the advent and the growth of plastics. We can't do without them, but now in so many ways we start to know that it's not necessarily our friend in too many ways in regards to the non-recyclability of plastics. So cousins, we started looking at this whole thing, and don't forget cousins, the first pandemic that was most significant, that's the pandemic flu of 1917, I believe it was, which killed millions of people around the country, was the world's first real exposure of a global pandemic, if you will. So cousins, those things are start to have impact. It was wars, there was economic growth, 
At one point in time, the gross domestic product of the United States at the end of World War II was equal to the world's. It's easy to believe how we were, in fact, and could justify being number one throughout that period of time, right? Now, it just so happened that most of the world had fought the war on their sores, and so for those developed nations, they were kind of bombed out, okay, truth be told. But the regrowth of the world, in large part, was based upon what? The United States manufacturing of steel and products and the ideologies being presented and brought forth by a lot of Americans with good ideas, United States. Europe and a lot of those countries have adopted concepts and constitutions, Japan has, that were very similar in design and concept to ours. They had things like healthcare and the role of the government and all those kind of good ideas that we were purporting as being righteous and right that they have adopted and I believe are serving them well some 40, 50, 60 years later. That was the 20th century, cousins. Let me tell you what the 21st century looks like. We're all here. The other day I was watching someone, they talked to me, there's a joke. It says that you want to go to liquor store now, it's really simple. If your first digit is a one, you can buy liquor. <laughs> okay, cousins? That's the 21st century. Here we are. So in the 21st century, what are we seeing? I would suggest that there's the internet. There are now cell phones and the intelligence associated with that. Social media is a whole new phenomenon. The technology, the robotics, the artificial intelligence starting to mirror our brain. The Watson computer, just an example of the artificial intelligence that beat Jeopardy, the best uh, human Jeopardy players. On top of that, it started to learn, it has a medical degree from my understanding, and who knows what else there is. There are robotics now that can do, robots now that can do flips. I can't do a flip. How many of you cousins can do a backward flip? All right? A robot can do that. There's the global influence across. It used to be that predominantly uh, global influence was almost associated with Western culture and people would kind of sit in their own ways. But now as you start looking at it, I don't know about you, but during the pandemic, I was watching movies from around the world. Guess what? There's some good actors out there and some great storylines. I really wish I also spoke more of the languages, but that's another story. The need for international communications and international language speaking might be more of a requirement in the future, don't you think, cousins? Certainly we can have computers to do that for us or translators, but if you can look someone in the eye and communicate with them, isn't that better and doesn't that help with your relationship and your communications? I think so. And then the other part is, all this rapid change, cousin, is happening with us, but here's the other piece. We now know, we know so much more information that before used to be conjecture, hypothesis, or just maybe we would hope. Now we actually know things. We know the world is round. We know what happens to plastics. We know how people respond to certain stimuli. We know how important words are. We know things, cousins. Once you start to know things, you have to take the decisions to improve them when you know what's best. So to that end, cousins, I would offer that as a guideline for us for the future. We know what's best. We know more about how things work. And when we don't know, what? We can go find out now because we have new research techniques and capabilities that didn't exist to us in the centuries in the past. So cousins, 
Hopefully there's a new feature of this program will start to come to you with what are we number one in in the United States of America. We're making the claims in the past, certainly there were a number of things that we were number one in, but what are we number one in now and what should we be number one in now? Because those questions and those answers, cousins, I believe will get us to the point that we're all better, stronger, and have a longer term future for not only us, but our kids and the entire planet. Thank you, cousins, for joining me today. Keep wearing your masks, and I want to see you again on the next episode of Brown Liquor and Bad Ideas. Leave some comments at the bottom, whether you agree or disagree, or what some of your ideas are regarding what were significant events in the history of us, the United States of America. We are the people.